0: The Big Fight Weekend podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you in part by BetQL. BetQL is your home for info that you need to make yourself a smarter, better. NBA, college basketball, and the NHL, they've got you covered. Just go to BetQL.com, promo code SGP30. That's BetQL.com, promo code SGP30 for 30% off. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for the avid sports better, providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks from cappers and bettors, including the crew from the SGPN. Better Than Vegas, it's like YouTube for sports betting. Check out all their free videos at betterthan.vegas. That's betterthan.vegas. We're also brought to you in part by Better Edge. Better Edge is a stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell betting positions like the stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG. That's right, no VIG, and it's legal in 40 states. Sign up at BetterEdge.com, promo code SGP for a free $10 bet. That's B-E-T-T-O-R, Edge.com, promo code SGP. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Well, welcome into a championship weekend of fights, including one of the biggest names in the sport already back. What is this that I see? That Canelo Alvarez isn't taking months and months and months and months to fight again or like a year plus, like what 2020 was during his contract dispute. No, no, no canelo alvarez back in the ring saturday night in miami and we're ready to talk about that fight and everything that's going on this weekend as part of the big fight weekend podcast i come to you as the somewhat capable somewhat lucid host of the program uh, later on in the show senior writer bigfightweekend.com mr marquise johns will be here to keep me in line keep me in order And get ready for the fight weekend with the previews, the insight, the analysis, Canelo's card coming in South Florida, not far from where Marquise and I reside in the Tampa Bay area in Florida in the U.S., depending on where you're hearing us, because we are global. We are on the Internet. We are digital. We are everywhere. So uh, whether you found us in the Far East where we have some fans, where we, we have fans in Australia, we have fans in South America, we have fans in Europe and the U.K., Thank you for finding us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. And we remind you, if you have only found us through a social media link, uh, etc., subscribe to us. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast. We generally come to you on Fridays before the fight weekend. And then sometimes if the fight is big enough, depending on what happens, significant enough, titles, etc., we'll come with a recap podcast as well. You do not have to worry about when it arrives, if you're subscribed, because you'll get an automatic notification to hop on and hear what we're saying on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. So again, subscribe away. And our thanks again to the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows. As uh, Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, Colby, Dan, and everybody with that uh, podcast at sportsgamblingpodcast.com do a great job helping us, promoting us. We're their boxing outlet. We are their boxing guys on Sports Gambling Podcast. And we'll even talk about a little odds. Do Do we dare? Do we dare on Canelo versus Avni Yildirim talk odds for that fight? We probably will. Some other fights this weekend, including a heavyweight contender showdown where in New Zealand... You talk about down under, they are fighting big time down under in Kiwi land early Saturday morning, U.S. time. The significance here is that if Joseph Parker wins that heavyweight contender fight, he may be, may, may be back in the uh, title hunt, the title picture. It would be an enormous uh, blow to him if Joseph Fa, another big heavyweight, beats him. Fa, Fa, that's how you say it. Uh, not the F.A. Cup in England for our buddy uh, David Payne, the boxing writer and all the Brits on the soccer. No, this is Joseph Fah fighting uh, uh, Junior Fox. excuse me, fighting uh, Joseph Parker. 12-round heavyweight bouts Saturday morning. We also have a PBC Fox card on Saturday night, which, again, we we are shaking our head as to why they put this head-to-head with Canelo. Part of it is fulfilling the contract between Premier Boxing champions and Fox to have a fight card in February Anthony Durrell, the former WBC super middleweight champ, who would very much love to get back in the conversation with Canelo Alvarez. He's in action in the main event. Marquise Johns will have insight on that. We, we've got all kinds of different things going on, including a massive, massive purse bid win for the uh, Teofimo Lopez upcoming bout with number one contender George Cambosis of Australia, speaking of down under lopez the undisputed lightweight champion to be back in action later in 2021 wait till you hear marquise's insight on the triller app the same app that brought us mike tyson and roy jones in the exhibition fight with the legends trilla triller not the thriller in manila triller came up with four times the money as bob arum and top rank to snatch away the teofimo lopez cambosis fight And so uh, we'll talk more with Marquise about that. When will this fight happen? And and certainly Cha Ching for the takeover for Teofimo Lopez, who balked at Bob Arum offering around a million dollars to fight on ESPN, a little over a million dollars to fight on ESPN, because now he stands to make over three mil. Uh, With this deal from Triller, whenever the fight happens with Cambosa's 135-pound world championship fight for later in the year, Marquise will have a bunch on that. All right, coming up straight ahead as well, a Hall of Famer on the podcast. Looking forward to hearing from Winky Wright, St. Petersburg's Winky Wright, originally born in Washington, D.C., but we adopted Winky Wright like over 30 years ago in the Tampa Bay area. And I have had the pleasure of interviewing this man. My God, am I this old for some 27 years going back to the mid 1990s before Winky was a world champion, multi-time world champion at 154 and at middleweight 160, huge wins over Sugar Shane Mosley over Felix Trinidad Uh, throughout his career. Winky won something like nine different world title fights in the two different divisions international boxing hall of fame inductee winky right on the podcast i want to talk to him about canelo alvarez being the heavy favorite how how winky approached that when he was heavily favored and a lightly regarded opponent plus if wink was in the ring they're around the same weight if wink w- in their in their heyday in their prime if wink was in the ring with canelo how would he go about with that great defensive style his movement his outstanding right jab as a southpaw the way that Winky could manipulate other fighters, neutralize their power, how would he go about it with Canelo Alvarez? Hear Winky Wright talk about that in just a few moments on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Um, And so we've got so much to discuss, and I'll get Marquise's thoughts as well on Oscar Valdez's uh, tremendous win in the WBC Super Featherweight title fight Las Vegas main event last Saturday night. What a brutal KO of Miguel Burchelt. We talked on this podcast, about how good that fight could be, and man, did Valdez deliver. Marquise will have thoughts on that before we get into the fight previews in just a little bit. So much to get to uh, here on the show. News, previews, all of it. That's why you want to be around not only in the podcast, but BigFightWeekend.com. We cover the breaking news. We cover fight previews recaps analysis all of that on bigfightweekend.com and again it's primarily a preview podcast for the weekend on the big fight weekend podcast but if it's big enough we'll come back and recap as well we love the sport that much let's get things started with winky Wright up first marquise john senior writer bigfightweekend.com later on in the podcast here we go I talk all the time about my faves. This guy is one of my faves. He has been accepting my phone call, my text message for the better part of 25 years. I cannot be that old Ronald Winky Wright, but the wink is here uh, with me on the Big Fight Weekend podcast to break it all down great to have you on the program one more time champ how you feeling how you doing you're an international boxing hall of fame member how is the champ and the hall of famer feeling and doing these days
1: (laughs) i'm good man just trying to stay safe and uh you know trying to work on this sorry golf game of mine (laughs) i know you were mean in the
0: day uh in your in your boxing career uh especially with those short irons hitting it close and knocking in those putts but uh, you uh-huh. know, golf gets the better of all of us right now, doesn't it, Winky? It's maybe the toughest opponent. Right.
1: Yeah, it is, man. Golf, golf is—it's is so hard right now. But me and Sheffield played yesterday, you know, we tied up. So we both shot a terrible game, but we tied up. He didn't beat me, I ain't beat him.
0: How about that? It ended up being a draw. And this guy's legendary around the Tampa Bay area where we live to play the likes of Gary Sheffield, a Major League home run hitter. Booger McFarlane always wants a piece of the, of the Wink, right? We see him on ESPN, the former football player. Uh, Sean King, the former football player uh, and coach. Uh, they, they don't get the better of Wink. Just like in the ring, they couldn't touch you in the ring. They don't get the better of you on the golf course. Let's tell the truth.
1: Tell him again, TJ. That's what I'm talking about. Tell
0: him how it is. <laughs> Say it louder. <laughs> Say it louder for those in the back, right? Say it louder. Say it louder. Uh, no on that. All right, so I've got you here for a couple of different reasons. One of those right here in our very state. On Saturday night, Canelo Alvarez defends the super middleweight championship against a a lightly regarded contender, uh, Turkey's Avni Yildirim. The bigger story is Canelo fighting for the second time in about seven weeks. Is back. Uh, in the ring uh first things first this guy's now won four different world titles in four different divisions when you watch Canelo Alvarez Winky what what comes to mind what does he do well what do you admire what what do you think about Canelo
1: I think he's a great fighter I got a lot of admiration for him I think that he's he always come in shape he always come to fight great power um the kid is amazing, man. He got great defense. You know, he he's quick-handed. Got foul puncher. He's a good fighter, man. Real good fighter.
0: Hey, uh, you, you're always good with me wink no matter what and you sound great. There's no doubt uh, <laughs> about that. So this is this is something you probably encountered in your career on more than one occasion where you are favored. You're supposed to beat the other guy. Uh-huh. In his case, he's supposed to beat this guy easily how did you Uh handle that with everybody telling you you're supposed to win easy this guy's not supposed to touch you how do you keep from being overconfident from getting careless how did you do it back in the day
1: well well it it is a hard thing to do because like you said you get overconfident. Everybody's everybody telling you can beat him easily and uh you know it ain't it ain't that easy if it was that easy he wouldn't be there to fight you so you know he, he he's a fighter with two hands and he can and anything happen in boxing but uh Canelo is is a champion, a true champion. He's uh he stays on his game. He he knows what he's coming to do, and he, and he, and he continue to uh to 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 win. You know, so I I think he's going to do what he got to do to win. I think the kid may come out and give him a, a little challenge in the beginning, but once Canelo figure him out, you know he should win the fight.
0: Yeah, Durham is not much of a puncher. Again, the fighter that Canelo fought in December, Callum Smith of England, much more dangerous, bigger, taller, bigger reach, and Canelo just neutralized him um, in that fight. All right, I always love these because you you were a world champion long before anybody knew the name Saul Canelo Alvarez. If you were in Mm -hmm. the ring with that style of yours, a, a great defensive fighter, a very elusive fighter, a tremendous jab, fast hands, how would you have gone about fighting him and combating him? What would you have used? What tools in the ring?
1: Well, you know, uh, it is it's different different style of fighting. Uh I think that uh Canelo he got a great defense. He 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 can pick all shots. He can make you miss by just bobbing and weaving. Uh he got good power. But for me, I think if back if I was in my prime and I had to fight him, uh I think I definitely would have kept the jab out of there. I had to keep him all balanced. I couldn't let him sit because once you see, once he's set, he, he, he likes to trigger off and throw big shots. So I would definitely keep him all balanced with my jab. And then, you know, when 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 he get inside, I got to work his body because you see Canelo going to a lot of other people's body, but don't too many people go to his body. So I would work his body. I'll work him inside. And, you know, the same shots he hitting me with, I'm going to hit him back. And uh, we're going to see who, who get who.
2: The
0: voice of Winky Wright. Always love his insight. This man, again, multi-time world champion in the super middleweight, or in the uh, uh, super welterweight in the middleweight division, International Boxing Hall of Famer. Um, All right, so I'm going to liken this to one of your great nights. May the 14th, 2005, you fought Felix Trinidad in Las Vegas, Nevada, and dominated him. Won virtually every (laughs) round. of that fight. In a lot of ways he was like Canelo Alvarez, a big puncher, dangerous, yet you neutralized him. When you think back on that night, arguably the the biggest signature night of your career, what do you remember finally about about dominating and beating uh, Trinidad?
1: It was a uh, it was just an amazing night. Like I said, uh I knew that Tito had tremendous power and uh I had to uh concentrate and not let him connect cuz he had just fought uh probably two months before me, and he, he looked very good. He knocked out uh, a very tough, uh, Mayoga. My, Myoga. Mayoga was a tough fighter that that, that liked to take a, a good punch and keep coming, but uh, Trinidad walked right through him. Uh, he looked great fighting him. So I knew that I was going to be in there with somebody where uh, a lot of power went up. Uh, I just had to focus and, 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 and keep him off balance. Like I said with Canelo, you had to keep him off balance. Couldn't let him set. And every time Tito tried to set to the throw the power, I hit him with
0: a jab. So that's why. Boy, and you dominated that night. What is that moment like because we are we are regular people. We don't experience these things at the highest professional sports level like you did when the bell rings <laughs> at the end of round 12 and you have put on a performance like that and you know you have won against Felix Trinidad. Mm-hmm. What do you remember? What was that like?
1: Uh it it was amazing. It was uh, you know, it was like a, a a time to say to to all the people who said I couldn't do it, that, you know, I'm here, I did it, you know. And it was just a, a, a go ahead moment saying that, you know, all that hard work was for something. You know, all the time that you wanted to quit when they when they robbed you for different fights that you should have won, all the time that you had to get up early in the morning and run all the thousands of sit ups you had to do you know, it was worth it. So, you know, it it was a great moment. And, you know, I'm glad I was able to experience it
0: few more moments with winky Wright. love his insight uh a a fellow uh modern day star that's out of clearwater florida that trains in the saint pete boxing club which you you made that place famous back in the day with you and dan birmingham it's still there (laughs) dan doing such a fantastic job with other fighters including keith thurman everybody wants Uh to know when are we going to see one time again because the pandemic has ended fights have resumed I know he's been given a bunch of interviews. You've probably been around him at the St. Pete Boxing Club some over the past few <laughs> weeks. When are we can you give us yeah. a tip? When are we seeing one time what? again? Will it be soon? What do you think? What do you know
1: i I hope it's going to be soon. uh you know boxing is a business, and uh you know a lot of people don't get to uh experience the business out of boxing. so you know right now he's going through that part of boxing. He is uh he's working, he's staying in shape. He want to get back in that fight, but the politics of boxing is is stopping him right now. Uh, you know, the fight that he wants, he can't get because the fighters know that he's too dangerous to 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 take that kind of fight and not get paid the kind of money that they want to get paid. So, you know, I think that um that hopefully we we get keep in there uh, in the next three four months, and uh hopefully we can get him in there with a big name after that, because he needs to take a fight. Uh, a uh, uh, a little easier fight to come back just to soften and stuff up and then get ready for one of the big boys.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. Keith's been out of the ring about a year and a half, as has Mackie, Manny Pacquiao. There's a lot of suspicion, mm-hmm. Winky, that those two would fight again, but Pacquiao is now 42 years old, and the clock is ticking on that one. Uh, Errol Spence is obviously the king in that division right now. Terrence Crawford has one of the titles but Spence has two of them and some are speculating about Adrian Broner who fought the other night. To me I'm not that interested in that fight I don't think there's a lot in it for Keith Do you believe, I mean <laughs> Keith is hanging in there for Pacquiao again or maybe Spence down the road?
1: I think, like I said, I just think it's uh, it's the politics of boxing that's holding Keith up right now uh, I think Keith uh, want to fight whoever they want to put him in there with but once again, you know the big name fighters don't want to get in with him, and uh, you know he's, he he got to get back in there, get a the fight, show the fans that he's still here, make the fans ask for the fight, and then you know come out there and fight. You know it's time for the best to fight the best and keep his one of the best. He lost to Pacquiao. He lost. A, it was a good, tough fight, and and it's part of boxing. You win some, you lose some, but now it's time to come out here and show the world. That chief is, is one of the best. We'll have to waste our day and he and got approved by fighting
0: him. We we love that. We love this man. One more moment with Winky Wright, International Boxing Hall of Fame. Member, when you got the phone call uh that that every fighter loves to get that you're gonna go in the International Boxing Hall of Fame, again take me back to about three years ago because you're talking about the greats of the sport, the greatest of the sport, from uh, Ali to to Leonard, name one, Mike Tyson, Lennox Lewis. Uh, any of them, Julio Cesar Chavez in the modern era, any of them, you're there with some of those names that I just mentioned. That is, that has got to be some kind of honor to reflect back on your career and know you're there with those names.
1: Oh, it's, it's a great honor. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, it was amazing when when the president of the uh, International Boxing Hall of Fame called me and told me that uh, you know, I would be inducted into the Boxing Hall of Fame. Uh, Did you think I it was, was a joke? Like,
0: wow. I've known you a long time. You love to play jokes. Did you uh, think it was a joke?
1: <laughs> no, because no, I know, I know that I know, I knew the guy. So when he when he called me, and you know, I knew it was him. So I knew it was no joke. So, but if I wasn't if I was friends <laughs> with him already, then yeah, I would have think yeah somebody playing. But you know, when it when he called me and he was like, look, you uh. You up for uh, the Hall of Fame? And I was like, what? I said I just retired. He said, yeah, in five years. I was like, well, my five years ain't up yet. But he's like, yeah, you're, it's about to be up. So, you know, I'll, you know, I'm happy to be a first ballot, you know, in the National Boxing Hall of Fame because you know it only takes a certain amount of fighters every year. And once you once you don't get conducted that you go, you know, I could be up. I couldn't been up against a thousand other fighters trying to get in. I'm 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 very happy and uh grateful that um I, I got inducted. We love
0: that about Winky Wright. Great catching up with you. Um, I, I wonder too, besides the golf, are you still doing road work? Are you still in shape? Are you could you step through the ropes and take somebody out right now if they had to? What about it, Winky?
1: Listen, listen, man. No, I just got back to working out. I I messed around and walked past the mirror and saw saw who the hell walked past the mirror. I was like, who is that? That's me. I said, man, I got to get in shape. (laughs) You know, you get that that, 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 that look like what in the world? So now I'm back in the gym working out, uh, trying to get it off. And, uh, you know, that's all. Just stay healthy and, and stay blessed.
0: Much love to you. Much love to, to Dan Birmingham and you, the St. Pete Boxing Club. This guy put it on the map as a as a world champ at 154, at 160 and beyond in a Boxing Hall of Famer. Winky Wright, you're special to me. I, I've always uh, said to everybody, uh, what a tremendous guy out of the ring as well as in the ring. And what a great ambassador for the Tampa Bay area. Winky, thank you. Thank you for hanging with me on the Big Fight Weekend podcast.
1: I appreciate it, man. You take it easy, all right?
0: More about our friends at BetQL with the Super Bowl over and done with. We're turning our attention now to college basketball, the NBA, the NHL. And if you want an inside edge for who the pros are backing, you need to check out BetQL. They've got algorithms that have simulated all kinds of different games, all the different angles, tons of sportsbook offers that they have on the site. Just go to the App Store or the Google Play Store, download the BetQL app, And get the opportunity to go and play. And we're going to make it worth your while. Because if you enter the promo code SGP30, you'll get 30% off of your first subscription. That promo code again is sgp 30 at BetQL.com. Get the edge. They've got you covered. They've got all the great info over at BetQL. It's BetQL.com, promo code SGP30. We are also brought to you in part by betterthan.vegas. It's an all new, completely free website sharing thousands of handicapping videos. It's like YouTube, but it's for what the DGens only care about. Of course, the DGens only all part of the sports gambling podcast, the network fleet of shows. The best part is you get to watch all. All the video picks from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network crew and what they're posting exclusively over on BetterThan.Vegas. They cover all sports, the NFL, college football, college basketball. NBA will be here soon as well. If the free video picks aren't enough, they're giving away cash. $1,000 to the handicapper that wins the most units and $1,000 to the handicapper that has the most followers. Make sure you subscribe on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network page, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash B-T-V, Better Than Vegas, B-T-V, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash B-T-V, so you don't miss out on any of these videos. Head over to betterthan.vegas. That's betterthan.vegas to see more. We're also brought to you in part by Better Edge, the stock exchange for sports bets that allows you to buy and sell betting positions live like the stock market. And the best part is it allows you to bet with no vig since you're buying positions from other sports betters, and there is no house. You can play for money in 40 states and they're doing weekly college basketball contests right now. We're talking tons of hoops from here on out here on Three Dog Thursday. And on Wednesday and Saturday, pay 10 bucks to enter and each user starts with a balance of $1,000 in edge coins to wager on the games. The player with the highest earnings takes the entire pool of entry fees. It's like a battle royal winner take all. Find the link under the competitions tab to get in for just $10. Sign up today at BetterEdge.com. Use our promo code SGP. Get that free $10 bet as well. That's B-E-T-T-O-R-Edge.com. Promo code SGP. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, DJ Reeves. Indeed, we are rolling along and heading to the weekend where Canelo Alvarez is back in action just seven weeks after his December win over Callum Smith. Wasn't it fantastic to hear from Winky Wright? Again, real Winky Wright on Twitter. Boxing Hall of Famer, love his insight. And as we come back in on this segment of the Big Fight Weekend podcast, here he is uh, coming down to the ring, Shadow boxing. He's good and loose and warmed up. Marquise John, senior writer, bigfightweekend.com, back on board to preview the weekend. How cool was that? I know we are in the Tampa Bay area, so we can be considered biased. Love me some Winky Wright. And I know you do too, and it was cool to have him on the podcast.
2: Absolutely, TJ. Anytime you get a chance to talk to the, uh, one of the great undisputed champions of, in the sport, you always talk to him. And the one thing about Wink that I do love so much is just the fact that he is just confident in everything he says, especially what he means with prior fights. And I do look forward to hearing about uh, Wright's idea about things that are going to stop Canelo.
0: Well, and and one of the things that he was talking about – uh, was not only establish the jab, but go to the body that so many guys just forget that and Winky was great at that and you look at those wins throughout his championship run um, over and over again he did a great job not just with the jab but with body punches including, uh, you know that that role that he was on where he won what like about 12 fights in a row. In the late 90s and the early 2000s, including beating Sugar Shane Mosley twice and the aforementioned Felix Trinidad upset May of 2005, where he won virtually every round on uh, on Trinidad, not just the jab, but working the body and working combinations off the body. Uh, Okay, I'll I'll put it to you. What kind of chance in their primes would you have given Winky Wright to hang in if not beat Canelo? Not likely by a knockout. Winky didn't knock a lot of people out. But to maybe get a decision on Canelo like what he did to Trinidad, what kind of chance would you have given him?
2: I can give him a solid chance, TJ. Uh, Prime Winky versus prime Canelo may play out a lot similar to – in the best comparison I can give to anybody listening to us is a better version of Canelo. When he faces faced Arislandy Laura, but with more activity. Cause the one thing that crushed Laura to what scorecards were so low. And you know, some folks will say he may have won the fight, whatever have you, he lost the end. But the one thing that Winky Wright does do and people hated it a lot was he was always had a, he had a simple methodic pace to things where people had to come to him as opposed to the fight coming to Canelo, which is the one thing that makes Canelo such a problem nowadays.
0: And he was so good, again, with lateral movement, eluding you, jabbing, we're bragging on Wink, on Winky. This is how he beat people, though, over and over again. And then he got to the point, I still remember, while we digress for a second, I didn't tell Winky this, that when Winky was going to fight Ike Quartet in 2006 in Tampa, St. Pete Times form. you may have been at that fight. I, I was there, and in and around that fight, Oscar De La Hoya was the promoter at that point. And yes. De La Hoya was mostly retired, but was still... It kind of hanging on. And De La Hoya said to me and to several other people when we were interviewing him, I do not want to fight this guy, I, meaning Winky. I will never fight this guy because of his style. This was after he'd beaten Trinidad, after he'd beaten Mosley. He said the style is just too difficult of how lateral movement, the jab, excellent on defense, hard to hit. Uh, it, it, it just presented fits and problems for a lot of guys. And that's why he's in the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Uh, Winky right that would have been that would have been a fascinating fight another quick story about the Trinidad win I didn't tell this to Winky I've told it before on the air on radio um, and maybe even at one point on this podcast and Marquise you can maybe jump in if I've told it with you on the podcast Mm -hmm. the night of that Trinidad fight A friend of mine in May of 2005 was on work business in San Juan, Puerto Rico. He had been there for several days. He's there for the Saturday of the the Winky Trinidad fight. And in San Juan, it was like a national holiday for Trinidad to be fighting for the world title in May of 05. He said, you could not believe people in the streets, Puerto Rican flags everywhere, all throughout the afternoon and the evening, the anticipation. They're showing the fight on big TVs all over in and around downtown San Juan, where there are thousands upon thousands of people in the streets watching the fight on this TV. And he's like, okay, we were out having adult beverages, doing whatever. And he goes, so the fight gets underway. And like one round is in the books and Trinidad can't hit him. And Winky's jabbing him to death. And two rounds are in the books. And this guy's a Tampa guy now in Puerto Rico, like rooting on Winky, taking his life in his hands here with the Puerto (laughs) Rican masses. Three rounds are in the books and Winky's jabbing him and banging him to the body and banging him with combinations. And Trinidad can't solve it. Five rounds go by seven rounds go by nine. and, And he's like, it is the craziest thing I've ever seen because people were throwing their flag down, stalking off by the dozens, by the hundreds in the 10th round, the 11th round, they were just resigned to the fact he's lost Trinidad. The national hero is lost. He said it was the craziest a swing of everybody party bedlam, so excited for Trinidad to just almost silence Marquise after that. What a performance by Wink- Winky, signature performance of his career,
2: right? Absolutely, TJ. And I remember that fight very well because actually, I think I was at that one at the Owen Ice Palace. And it was one of those things where it was clinical, where Trinidad had no option for him whatsoever and you can see he was trying to find something but especially by about the sixth round where it's like because at that that point you can see that the the shots were taking it up where it's like he had nothing left for it and it's really one of those great performances tj where i really am surprised where a lot of folks aren't mentioning when in terms of undisputed people wanky right on a lot of morty's lists
0: yeah. Well, and and again, he was he was not the most explosive knockout puncher, but he was very effective at the highest level with how he fought you. And he was very difficult to fight. He's a throwback. He's a throwback to being able to box you, to hit you and not get hit to score and not get scored upon, and it would have been fascinating to see him with Canelo. All right, so with that out of the way, a couple more things, and then we'll get to the Canelo fight and the other fight cards this weekend. Your thought real quick on the Valdez win, super featherweight champion now, uh, the former featherweight champ, Oscar Valdez, big-time one-punch KO, wore down, knocked out Miguel Burchelt. Very entertaining main event on ESPN last weekend from the Las Vegas bubble. Marquise, your
2: thoughts on Valdez and the knockout win? TJ, what a fight Oscar Valdez put on last Saturday. And it's one of those performances where no one expected him to do that much against Burchelt coming in because Burchelt by about the fourth round, and especially after that first knockdown, had the had the press and it had no op he had nothing for Valdez by about the about by the, by the sixth round of that fight. Um and that knockout, TJ, of that that hook that caught him flush when he was lunging in, is probably going to be on the picture of every ring magazine cover and every highlight reel cover for the rest of the year barring Dillian White gets uppercut out the ring again. (laughs) That's going to stick up probably as knockout of the year, TJ.
0: Well, and uh, a couple more things uh, about that. Burchell had all kinds of trouble making weight, which we knew. And as the fight went on, I began to get more concerned. What do I know from a distance watching that you're, you're endangering this guy, the beating he's taking. He's not the same fighter because he's dehydrated, et cetera. And then boom goes the dynamite with that left. I was so concerned as you were. I was texting you, many were concerned because, uh, again, I'm not there in the moment, but it did not seem like there was enough urgency to get to Burchelt, get him oxygen, get those kind of things. Because, uh, again, uh, you you hate this no matter the circumstance, but sometimes if the urgent care is not there in the minute or minutes after a fight, it can be everything on a fighter's survival. And the way that Burchelt went down from that left and laid there, not moving, with all the factors that we're talking about. Uh, I mean, for example, on our buddy TC Martin show in Las Vegas, the TC Martin radio show is on five days a week in the afternoon there, tcmartinshow.com. He mm-hmm. interviewed Tim Bradley, the analyst for ESPN, the fight analyst, along with Andre Ward. Bradley was on the call of the Valdez knockout win. I don't know if you heard this, Marquise, but Bradley revealed this. Apparently, Burchell put on like 18 pounds. after the weigh-in incredible that he went from 130 to 148 something like that and 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 what uh tim bradley said is that's not healthy at all and that is that is a sign of somebody that can be in physical distress body-wise as a fight is going on and uh, again, I'm I'm just thankful they got enough of medical attention to him. They got him to a, to a stretcher, got him to an ambulance, got him checked out in the hospital, not seriously hurt, but that knockout, whoo, uh, Valdez, something else. Give me another thought on, on Valdez uh, and, and prospects for him. I know Jamel Herring has the WBO belt. There's a couple of other guys that are in the mix. Shakur Stevenson's got his hand up going, hey, what about me? What about this for Oscar Valdez off the win? And what do you think might be next down the road?
2: I think for TJ, for uh, Oscar Valdez next, it's probably going to line up something whenever they can get folks uh, to uh, show up, have uh, a gates for these fights. It may be Secure Stevenson because I think that's one of those fight cards where it makes more sense because uh, Secure pr- was pretty much saying on the, on the on the broadcast leading up to it that he wants to go after Valdez as opposed to still waiting around for Jamel Herring and or Carl Frampton, A, if they actually get that fight off, and B, if those two actually stay around afterwards. Because at that point, the WBCs won't want that mandatory at this point. So I don't know if Shakur is tired of waiting for it. I don't blame him if he doesn't. So I expect something along those lines, TJ, unless uh, they make they give Valdez uh, a weird tune-up. But the way the WBC is set up is that it has to be someone in the rankings within the top 15 or whatever they whoever they put in, in slot 15, i.e., uh, Tyson Fury versus uh, Agent Cabello last Christmas, allegedly. That whole nonsense. That guy just appeared out of nowhere. But whatever they do with that, I really think with Valdez, is going to be something like uh, Shakur Stevenson. Personally, DJ, I would like to see if they could find a way to do it. And I know Top Rank is against these rematches. I would like to see if Burchelt would make the adjustment in the second fight, go around the two, uh, re- see if he can recapture his belt that he held for so I don't long. Know. I And again,
0: I'm just looking at it as, and, and Burchelt fought as a lightweight in his tune-up fight post-pandemic back in the late summer. Uh-huh. And again, going back to what Timothy Bradley said to our buddy TC Martin on his show, he doesn't think that Burchelt's going to be a super featherweight, 130-pounder anymore. He's only going to be a lightweight. So the, the rematch might have to come at lightweight, at 135 for Valdez to move up. And back to Herring and Frampton. So that fight was delayed. The fight is now back on for UAE, United Arab Emirates. April 3rd is the date. Saturday night, April 3rd will be the date for that one. Allegedly, some fans may be present. Um, and, and again, I, I know you're sticking to Herring might walk away even if he wins against Frampton, but Herring stands to make the money of his career by beating Frampton and then fighting Shakur Stevenson later this year, if that's what top rank is setting up for, those would be tremendous paydays for him. I would be stunned. Again, I'm not only buying you your favorite fish tacos, I'm, 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 I'm buying you whatever else you want for dessert. If Jamel Herring beats Carl Frampton and hangs him up without fighting Stevenson for the payday, I got to lie down if that one happens, Marquise.
2: You know what, TJ? I honestly think, barring anything crazy, I think if if Herring can unify, he may he may stick around for that. But I, based on everything I'm I'm gathering, TJ, I really think he's going to hang it up. And I, I know what Frampton this is his his last hurrah, win, lose or draw. It sounds like so. And I and I just I'm thinking what Shakur Stevenson, he does he doesn't want to sit around and wait for that that vacant mandatory spot again, like he had to do the last time to chase Valdez at featherweight. Now now he's back to different just weight class at 130 chasing valdez again and i'm in I'm, the opportunity well but i mean at, at
0: 130 Shakur stevenson's only fought one fight he's a former featherweight champ and he's and he's only been in a couple of world title situations yeah. uh it's it's not as if he's a longtime champion valdez i think had like seven title defenses at 126 at featherweight yeah. before he moved up shakur stevenson hasn't had seven world title fights is my point he can be a little patient for a quick second or two, the former U.S. Olympian, and see what some of the other guys who are title holders want to do or not do uh, on that one. All right, a couple more news items, and we're going to get to Canelo, Yildirim, and the other fight cards for this weekend. It is the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Subscribe away. I am merely TJ Reeves. You can follow us at Big Fight Weekend on social media, on Twitter. Big Fight Weekend is the Facebook page, as well as the website, bigfightweekend.com. Marquise Johns is the senior writer of the site hanging with me on the podcast all right on thursday we found out holy holy guacamole speaking of guacamole uh the triller uh people and the triller app uh obviously we're not kidding around about parlaying the mike tyson roy jones exhibition into more fights big money fights they leveled everybody around them with a $6 million purse bid, a blind purse bid to get the rights to promote Teofimo Lopez against IBF number one contender in the lightweight division, George Kambosos, the Australian, that bid was more than double the matchroom boxing blind bid and almost quadruple the top rank boxing bid. All right, Marquise to you. Uh, that, uh, that came out of left field, how big that bid was and what does it say to you?
2: It means TJ that Triller, win, loser draw, is out to go, come out swinging with these, with this, that purse bid win actually, and it's an interesting that I thought that they were the ones that would win this, only for the simple fact that TJ we knew before this purse bid was even mentioned that top rank was not going to win it. They, they've already said as much. They, Bob tried to get this fight in Australia where Cambos is stationed out of, in front of people and fans and money to satisfy you know, Lopez's uh, money amounts, which depending on what day of the week he, he asked, has way too many zeros behind it for Bob, and he couldn't do it. So he's like, okay, we'll put up the purse, and see what it says. And uh, funny that matchroom came in second because they got jumped and leapfrogged by Triller with the $6 million bid. Props to those guys for getting paid on this fight, but TJ, I mean, for an IBF mandatory fight? I mean, just this...
0: well. The speculation is out there. We don't know. We don't know how soon they would fight. And again, uh, for Lopez, he fought uh, what uh, middle of October, so he mm-hmm. fought roughly four months ago. In theory, if he's ready, and Cambosis uh, fought a fight even before that. Am I correct? Or did Cambosis fight the
2: before the yeah. week
0: before? So they could both, if they're in training, be ready. This is TJ saying this. April, May, something like that. 60, 90 days, announce the fight, announce the site, depending on whether you're going to try to have fans or not. It's important to note that Triller made their money on the Tyson Jones without fans, strictly on the pay-per-view buy. That's what this is going to be. Might they have it again in Los Angeles? Might they fight in New York, which is uh, Lopez's adopted home um, without fans? Don't know. The rumor is out there if there's a Tyson Holyfield exhibition coming that Lopez Cambosis would be the co-feature on that pay-per-view. I don't know how much sense that makes as opposed to a standalone thing. What is your thought on that if that's what they're waiting on? And maybe that means it's later in the year, later in the summer, something like that.
2: I'm actually going to teach you what your theory of this fight taking place as its own event around April, May, as you mentioned. They they, they The rumor was that originally was supposed to be somewhere on, on in April on, in, on this uh, Jake Paul-Ben-Ask in Cardinal Atlanta. That's, that's been already been ruled out. I, I'm hearing the same thing what you mentioned before about the Tyson-Holyfield thing, but I don't think T.F.M.Lopez wants to be the co-main event on a, on a, on a fighter that's clearly going to overshadow him. So I really do think it's going to be its own event uh, that is going to put on probably around May. They've been shooting for the Puerto Rican Day Parade, which is in May, and you mentioned in, in his old place of New York City, despite the fact he lives in Arkansas now. So uh, it, all, it, all, it all it all travels out and makes sense. So I can see it happening in May, TJ. I'm just so astonished that they just dumped so much money on a, a IBF mandatory well, ballot, and it, hey. and it also changes the market for everything too yes. because – because if, if they are willing to spend this much money on an IBF mandatory, about that, let's be honest, TJ. I think Cambosis walking into this fight against Lopez is probably a solid fifteen to one underdog, and, and they're swapping six million for that. Imagine what you're going to do when, when an actual fight comes up that these these promoters who have who have all these fighters and stables and to keep busy and keep active on payroll can't afford to you know to, to uh, meet their demands, and then it goes to that purse point again.
0: All right, let me interject. To that mm-hmm. point, the argument could be made. Because as you just laid out, I mean, there are not, um, you, put a, you put 10 sports fans that are hardcore sports fans in the room, all right, that are not necessarily boxing fans. Mm-hmm. One or two of them's probably heard of Teofimo Lopez because he's fought on ESPN a couple times. Yeah, Maybe three of them. Zero of them have heard of George Cambosis. <laughs> they don't know who he is. So you are marketing this to the hardcore boxing fan, to the boxing fan. Now, that being said, they had to overpay to be able to get it, which they did. And maybe they have their eyes on the bigger picture of a Lomachenko rematch, for example, later in the year. And so they get Lopez paid a bunch, get him on, get him a pay-per-view. Maybe it doesn't do as well, but it's a, bit, it's a loss that it's a bigger picture for the rematch with Lomachenko. Do you buy that? Do you buy that maybe there's a bigger plan in play here? Secure him now by overpaying, and then the bigger fight is the second fight, the third fight, and beyond for Teofimo Lopez and Triller.
2: I don't even think this will be necessarily a fight, even with Teofimo Lopez, TJ. I think this maybe it's be a one-off thing because Lopez is still stuck with with a top rank for another three years. I think what it does is just for any upcoming fights with any other fighters that have a, a upcoming purse bids that are up for grabs, realize that it's not up for. It's not up for naught or at the mercy of their own promotion. Like, for example, when Josh – that the uh, Josh Warrington-Kid Gallaudet fight, when that went up to purse bid, Matchup didn't even want it. It went to PBC and Top Rank at TV Promotions. So now that, that uh, Triller is out there and they're actually paying real money, not just the voluntary bid that, uh, that PBC right. put out there to, to steal the fight from people. It's going to have these. It's going to have these promoters uh, either marketing these fighters a little better, or succumbing to these demands of money. Because if they can't get the money there, they're going elsewhere.
0: Voice of Marquis Johns again hanging with me, Big Fight Weekend Podcast. Uh, it just one more time to underscore this, though: the Tyson Jones, uh, Legends Pay Per View was mm-hmm. supported. Our buddy Dan Canobio from Inside Boxing Live, and uh, and Fubo Got TV. Um, has that Thursday night show? He was on this back last winter. That the social media influencers, the YouTube influencers, the uh, the Twitter influencers, TikTok, etc. The folks with Triller engaged those people to talk up Tyson Jones and to basically uh, market to a younger, different audience, and it helped. It helped that pay per view depending on who you believe, if it really did get to a million pay-per-view buys, get to a million pay-per-view buys. I just wonder, can they talk up Lopez-Cambosis enough for that to get to 200,000 pay-per-view buys? I don't know. So maybe there's something to the theory, put them with a YouTube star as the co-feature, put them on a Tyson undercard where there may be a chance. I'm just speculating and throwing numbers out that you could get a million and a half pay-per-view buys or 2 million pay-per-view buys with Lopez as part of that. Maybe that's what they're doing, but I I just, I don't know how much social media influencers can help the fight because Cambosis is not a United States commodity at all. Again, if you put a hundred sports fans in a room and started showing them pictures of fighters and said, pick out George Cambosis. would you have more than two or three of them that could do it without looking I mean, at their phone? Probably uh, not.
2: Uh, probably not, TJ. And mo- most folks forgot that Kambosos even got this mandatory spot because he narrowly and questionably beat Lee Selby to even begin with this stuff. But I'm supposed to know this, not anybody else, but it's one of those fights, TJ, which, which really what they're doing, they're spending the money per se on marketing. The one thing I will admit that that is working out for them is Teofimo Lopez loves to talk, love it or hate what he's talking about. He's talking. And that's the one thing that these, these, the, the folks that, that sign up with Triller with the marketing stuff does a lot of, so it makes sense.
0: And sometimes what you got to sell, you got to sell it. And his father talks more than he does. His father's yeah. the one that was wearing a Teofimo Lopez hat at the wedding as a groomsman, yes. as the best man, he's wearing a Teofimo hat. He's all on board on team, team Teofimo. So uh, yes, you do have to sell it, and and we'll see what they elect to do after Triller uh, put a massive bid, again twice as much as Matchroom and virtually four times as much as what Top Rank was offering, or or three and a half something like that of what Top Rank was offering for this fight uh, to get it away. And and again for Bob Arum and Top Rank, they end up making like seven or eight hundred grand to not promote the fight and let Teofimo go do his thing, and then maybe he comes back to them to fight on ESPN. Uh, who knows? Depending on the success or not of this so we spent a lot of time on that one let's get to the fights uh this weekend we'll save canelo and his bout for last there are other fights first of all the frampton herring fight was supposed to be this weekend it's off the wbo 130 pound world title fight it's it's been on and off the board like three different times the pandemic Herring catching COVID-19 and being ill himself and coming back from it and winning so that fight is off the board they're still going to have the fight card the Queensberry card in London BT sport on Saturday but now this is afternoon US time prime time in London, it, there's not much to it and even you were telling me now the co feature fight is now also off off that card. what they were going to use as the main event.
2: Yeah, TJ, the co-main event had Lynn Woodstock on it, uh, which is on the, the recent fight posters for this fight card on BT Sport, out, our friends out in the UK. Uh, he's out for this Saturday card, so the fight card will still go on because they have about 9 or 10 club show kind of level fights. And you, the UK is notorious for this, TJ. You, you've seen these fight cards with so the, the up-and-coming prospect on there facing the guy who's the career guy who has like four wins and 107 losses. There's about five or six of those fights still on this card, TJ. So wow. that, part, that part of the show may still go on. I don't know if there's going to be anything of note on the good side that's going to come okay. out of that. But Good enough on that.
0: Good enough on that. All right, the Saturday morning U.S. time, which again will be prime time in New Zealand, Saturday morning like 5 a.m. East Coast time in the United States, is again Joseph Parker Jr. Faw, Parker is the more noteworthy name trying to get back in the heavyweight title picture. He once lost to Anthony Joshua, gave Joshua some problems. Um, He's the more notable fighter here. Give me something on this. Again, it's very early Saturday morning, depending on when they're hearing us U.S. time uh, in New Zealand, Kiwiland. What about that heavyweight 12-round contender fight?
2: At some point, TJ, this is going to be a fun one with uh, Joseph Parker Jr. Follett, in New Zealand in front of people because they're down under where they've been isolated essentially since this pandemic started. So they can have fans again. And that's going to be a packed house for that fight. And the implications of it, TJ, for in terms of the WBO, they'll make these rules up as they come along. But essentially where we are now with it is Anthony Joshua still has the WBO heavyweight belt. At some point between him supposedly fighting Tyson Fury, they've been in talks since, I don't know, we've been doing this podcast, for that fight to take place sooner or later. Whenever it happens, they'll have a second fight. Between that second fight is when Joshua will drop that belt. Whenever he drops that belt, it'll be vacant for a chance. More than likely in his weird round robin between the winner of this fight Saturday... And Alexander Usyk and Joe Joyce are facing off at some point as well. So the, the, those are the three. These, these are the names of contention for that belt, whenever it becomes vacant for from Anthony Joshua. And again,
0: for Parker, he's the former WBO champion. And that's the belt that uh, Joshua took off of him uh, in that fight. Uh, so again, they have been trying to have this fight. They had uh, COVID-19 uh, back in the fall uh, that delayed it. And um, and so now they've been able to put it back on. And one, and one of the fighters also had COVID-19 uh, here as well. I believe it was Junior Faw, Junior got, Junior got, Faw. Uh, got COVID-19. So let's see. Joseph Parker, Junior Faw, Saturday morning in that one uh, from New Zealand. I promise Canelo in a moment. But the PBC on Fox Card, premier boxing champions, on Fox from Los Angeles. At the time we're doing the podcast, Marquise, you were on the media call with Anthony Durrell, the former WBC 168-pound world champ, uh, lost the title to David Benavides. Benavides has since been stripped. And now, ta-da, Canelo Alvarez is the WBC champ by virtue of his winnings uh, at 168. So Durrell is in a main event. You were on the conference call. You've got more for me about this fight and who
2: he's fighting Saturday night. What about it? Absolutely, TJ. Let me uh, stop you there as well. At uh, Frankie Durrell, he's a two-time former super middleweight champion. He corrected someone on the media call about that a while back too. Uh, <laughs> okay. Funny thing about about, about Darrell is that uh, this media call with him against uh, Kyron shut it down. Davis. Uh, those who don't know about Davis's story, it's not as long as I thought it was going to be. He's, essentially, he's coming out of Wilmington, Delaware. He's trained by uh, noted trainer Stephen Breadman Edwards, who is well known for being around Julian J. Rock Williams. And uh, essentially, he's he's a side he's an aspiring rapper on the side. Essentially, you can you can check out his SoundCloud, whatever I have you. So Anthony <laughs> Durrell, who's been reading some of the stuff during the week uh, on the media call, says, uh, "Go ahead and collect this check, and then you can go back to being a rapper. You can even rap with me one day. Uh, sit, walk with me ringside to the ring." That's been the smack talk that Darrell has been throwing at people all week long for this. Where he mentioned that he mentioned also that uh, Davis has been doing yoga, and then Darrell's final comments was. I heard he was doing yoga, so I'm going to stretch him out Saturday night. So Darrell's in the zone right now to uh, <laughs> <All> <laughs> make this an early bits. evening. Yeah,
0: this, okay, uh, we, we have affection for premier boxing champions. I, I want to see them put better fight cards out. Again, okay. I'm not sure this is mainly to fulfill the obligation of once a month on Fox or Fox Sports 1 in primetime. They're putting it up against the Canelo Alvarez fight card on the zone. Is there much more worthwhile to watch on this card? I know uh on the undercard there's a couple of guys that would be of interest and that includes what is it veto uh melanicki the uh the welterweight the unbeaten young welterweight is there much to this is the Durrell fight even worth
2: watching what about it i think tj for this fox card on saturday night they, they had scheduled three fights for it at eight o'clock i don't know if any of these fights even honor or going the distance so by about realistically, this fight card should be over because I think these fights will be early stoppages with prospects on that. And even on the FS1 undercard, I I can't mention this. Uh, Michael Rivera is a lightweight prospect they have fighting on the prelims, but that's all. Honestly, TJ, I think these guys are getting these fights out the way early. That way we can all watch Canelo afterwards. Let's hope so.
0: Let's hope so. All right, and there is news off the Canelo show that Julio Cesar uh, Martinez, the WBC flyweight champion, unable to fight Saturday night, with what is apparently a hand injury in training. And uh, this is just revealed on Thursday. So now his fight that was delayed with contender McWilliams Arroyo Mm -hmm. and has been on and off the board, much like the Herring Frampton fight we're talking about, this fight's been on and off the board a couple of times, is now off again just 48 hours at the time we're taping. So the co-feature is gone uh, from the Canelo fight card, Hard Rock Stadium outdoors, the home of the Miami Dolphins down in the uh, Miami, greater Miami area. Uh, That's disappointing. So that one won't be there. Um, And it's got to be disappointing for Arroyo because he's been waiting and, and wanting to get this title shot, and now it's not happening.
2: Absolutely, TJ. No, it's a shot in the arm for both these guys. Uh, for Martinez first, this is the third time TJ he's had to pull out of a fight in six months, and two of them TJ have been on back-to-back Canelo Alvarez cards. TJ, if there's any time that you don't want to be not in action, it's not not being on a Canelo Alvarez card. So for him, it's a problem. Uh, for a Royal, who's turning 36, turning 37 later on. Uh, actually, I think in June, right. uh, this is one of his last chance for him sure. at, at this at the shot for and as the uh, WBC mandatory because he said. This is the, the the end of the line for him. So he wants to get this fight out of the way. Both these guys want the fight. I know Martinez want the fight. He's been gutted on his Instagram saying as much. But man, that the worst time to skip.
0: Yep he's out with a hand injury and unable to fight whatever that's whatever that's worth and they were verifying the hand injury on Thursday Uh, by the way American amateur star Keyshawn Davis is turning pro on the undercard of the fight card with Canelo Keyshawn Davis is a junior welterweight 140 pounder he was the United States arguably best hope to maybe win a gold medal obviously the Olympics for this summer summer of 2020 excuse me last summer summer of 2020 got pushed back to this summer 20 21 in tokyo he didn't want to wait he didn't want to risk waiting another few months and then suddenly the olympics aren't going to be held at all which is one of the rumors that's out there that they may not fight uh they may not they may not have the olympics they may not have anything he's going to go ahead and turn pro so we're anxious to see what Keyshawn davis looks like in his debut a four-round junior welterweight debut will be on the undercard that's probably the most noteworthy thing on the undercard before canelo
2: and the main event right for the most part tj yeah also as well another prospect as well mark castro is in action again and there's a weird heavyweight fight on there tj uh zai zing uh is uh, more likely the co-main event now at, at heavyweight he's facing jerry forrest and it's it's one of those fights tj where you see these guys because these guys are up there in age too i think Zing's like 36 uh forrest is 35 where it's just a, c- a couple of uh you know crosswords fight with a couple of plotting heavyweights so that's actually kill a couple of couple of rounds before Canelo comes on stage
0: there you go all right a few more moments here on the big fight weekend podcast let's get to it for our friends at sportsgamblingpodcast.com we make mention of the fact that Canelo is a 50 to one 5-0, Hawaii 5-0 50 to 1 favorite uh for this one against Avni Yildirim speaking of Anthony Durrell Yildirim fought Durrell Durrell beat him and beat him easily Again, this is a stay-busy type fight. Canelo wants to stay busy. This is on the DAZN streaming service and pay-per-view. He's getting a percentage of their new subscribers and of the pay-per-view, so he wants to stay active. So this is stay active before an upcoming Billy Joe Saunders fight for the WBO version of the title in May, most likely in Las Vegas. Got to win this one first, but that's what's looming for Canelo. All right, uh, probably more attractive than the than the money line wagering is the under-over of four and a half rounds. Will Canelo take Yildirim apart quickly in this one Saturday night, Hard Rock Stadium, home of the Miami Dolphins? What say you, Marquise?
2: I think so, TJ, because Anvi Yildirim is affectionately known to most boxing circles as Mr. Robot because he comes straight forward, and that spells a recipe for disaster for him. I'm looking to see, TJ – More than likely, this should be over in about three rounds, tops. Hope the one thing that Canelo has going for him against Yodiram is that he's just going to be a overall all better fighter. And these guys are former sparring partners. And Yodiram, honestly, TJ got this fight as the WBC mandatory due to the fact that Benavidez lost the belt on the scale, losing weight because of weight issues. And he was going to be the challenger to Yeldirim against Benavides. They, they had to give Yeldirim something as a kickback for this, despite losing the Durrell. And uh, here we are with that. And yeah, one because thing- yield
0: Yeldirim moved out of the way. Benavides missed we- weight. They vacated the belt, and they now mm-hmm. have handed it to Canelo after he followed the bouncing belt. After he beat Callum Smith, the WBC basically said, "Okay, he's our champ. We're gonna we're gonna elevate him, and we're gonna make him the champ here." And now Yeldirim gets the fight uh for this one and again back to what winky Wright was talking about the only the only thing that i can see here is maybe canelo is a little overconfident uh you know it comes into this fight with everybody telling him how easy it's going to be and and maybe he doesn't get him out of there in a couple of rounds or three or four rounds and it goes for a while until he figures him out wears him down and knocks
2: him out right maybe No, I I think DJ, (laughs) this guy has no shot whatsoever. I really don't, and it's one of those things, DJ. With you'll dare him, where it's like if you'll, they always tell people, you know, you always have a puncher's chance. I mean, outside of that, I still think even even mentioning Canelo being overconfident, if he's overconfident, he stops him in eight. Otherwise, this this doesn't go very long at all whatsoever.
0: Well, and if we're talking about Puncher's Chance uh, here for, for Mr. Robot, he only has 12 knockouts in the 21 wins, and I'm looking here. He does not have a knockout going all the way back to December of 2017. In his last five fights, they've either gone the distance or Or he lost the technical decision to Anthony Durrell where Durrell was beating him in February of 2019 and then Durrell suffered an unintentional gash on the head from a clash of heads. They stopped the fight and, and he was ahead. So my point again is he's not a big knockout guy. So that's not good either. Uh, With Canelo in this uh, in this matchup. And I I wonder, I've heard speculation. um, They're going to supposedly have seating and availability for at least 15,000 people on the floor level, the football field floor level of Hard Rock Stadium and in the stands. I wonder if tickets have gone here. I I wonder what we'll hear. Did they sell 10,000? Did they sell 15,000 tickets here? Will there be some crowd noise? Because again, unlike a lot of these sterile shows where the Burchelt-Valdez show was being fought in the Vegas bubble at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas without fans, this one will have some roars of the crowd if Canelo comes to the ring and starts lighting him up early, we will have some atmosphere. And we saw that like with the Gervonta Davis, Leo Santa Cruz, very action-packed fight with a ton of fans roaring in that one. Canelo at times had him on their feet, also fighting in the Alamo Dome in in December against Callum Smith. They fought in the same site as Gervonta Davis. They had some fans. They were roaring. Will they be roaring Saturday night? I I sense that you think, yes. Early on, they'll be making lots of noise because Canelo will be beating him up.
2: I think so, TJ, because he's going to be beaten down, and it's one of those—it's it's one of those fights. TJ, on paper, it looks horrendous. I think this would be. I think once the bell rings, we'll see what version of Yoderm will, will, will make the adjustment to this. Supposedly, from his trainer Joe Diaz, has been, been his mouthpiece the entire time, and has said relentlessly that it's going to be a different Yoderm. He's not going to be—he's going to be more better defensively. with something that he didn't do against. He said be, if he faced real again. to are like him out in two rounds. You know, the, the usual things that your trainer would say when you want to hype up a fight for your guy getting knocked out. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the difference will be with all of that. But in the grand scheme of things, TJ, no, this is going to be one of those things we'll see on Canelo Alvarez's highlight reel once it goes into the Hall of Fame uh, once it's. All said and done. All right,
0: and again, because the co-feature is gone—the Julio Cesar Martinez McWilliams Arroyo fight—with the Martinez hand injury, this main event might begin sooner. It might begin around ten Eastern time instead of eleven Eastern time, and maybe even a little sooner than that. Probably not much before ten Eastern, because you want some West Coast audience, uh, and you want it a little later in their early evening, their early night. Uh, as opposed to you know fighting at 5 o'clock Pacific time when there are a lot of, uh, let's say, Mexicans, Mexican-Americans in the, in the Mexican time zones in Southern California, in Las Vegas. They don't want the fight at 5 o'clock local time or even 6 o'clock local time. You'd like to have it at 7 o'clock local time to at least have more people buy the pay-per-view um, and, uh, and, and subscribe to DAZN, et cetera, et cetera, for Canelo Yildirim in Miami coming On Saturday evening, we must go in a moment or two. We plug away about big fight weekend. We love covering the fights, preview mode, recap mode. A lot of news this week. We write it up on the site. Even the historical perspective on the night that Marquise and I are taping, it was, dear God. Uh, Nearly 60 years ago now, 57 years ago that Muhammad Ali beat Sonny Liston in one of the great upsets in boxing history. At that time, it was probably the biggest upset in boxing history. Cassius Clay defeating Sonny Liston in Miami Marquise Johns, Miami Beach Convention Center, February 25th. 1964 57 years ago we wrote about it on bigfightweekend.com it's up on the site we love the historical perspective for example speaking of Mexican champions Julio Cesar Chavez recent anniversary fought in front of the largest crowd ever for a fight with what a hundred and what a hundred three thousand people it was or 130 yeah. whatever it if was a hundred
2: thirty thousand a hundred and thirty
0: thousand people saw him beat American Greg Hogan to a pulp back in 1993 at Azteca Stadium Outdoors, Mexico City, one of the most bonkers environments for any sporting event ever. We wrote about it on bigfightweekend.com. We love the historical lookbacks on fights, do we not, sir? We say it all the time.
2: Absolutely, He's a big fan of the things that uh, at bigfightweekend.com about the, the boxing news past, present and before. Especially the that that Hughes sister Chavez, Greg Halden fight were the the lead up going into that fight was the the infamous talk of him beating up on cab drivers and well, Uh, Greg was beaten up. like Hogan
0: was pointing out because I think at that time, uh, Chavez was like 85 and 0. And he's like, yeah, Yeah. but half of them are Mexican cab drivers. He's been beating (laughs) wrong move, wrong (laughs) move when you're fighting the guy in his own home country in front of that atmosphere, because Chavez just punished him, punished him and knocked him out.
2: Yeah, no, he got absolutely tuned up in front of the entire population of Mexico to make a world record. It's, it's the, TJ, it's the wrong way to be on a footnote, I must admit. And for those who forgot about the, uh, the Ali-Liston fight that took place in Miami, ironically, this, week, this past weekend back in the day, uh, there was a documentary, unless you've been under a rock, uh, on Amazon, uh, One Night in Miami. Leading up to that fight, that's where this all began.
0: Yeah, and so the the cool thing there it is uh, it's a well done documentary that kind of intersects. Help me out here, not only Cassius Clay but Malcolm X, uh, the uh, the Nation of Islam, etc. How it Farrakhan, all it all came together, Louis Farrakhan. It all came together where Clay won the fight and shortly after that became Muhammad Ali. Yeah. So again, that's out there. Um, right now, online Amazon Prime, right? Uh, I believe yeah. has that one night in Miami. This is the night in Miami where the the indelible images that I love of him uh, screaming and pointing at the crowd, going, "I shook up the world! I <laughs> shook up the world!" I mean, it's still uh, it, it's still amazing that the late uh, the late Muhammad Ali became the greatest, really starting with that night uh, against the seemingly unbeaten, unbeatable menacing Sonny Liston he neutralized him with the hand speed with the boxing and uh, and Liston quit on the stool for reasons we've been over before on the Big Fight Weekend podcast mm-hmm. was uh, was the fix somehow in and that fight was the fix most probably in in the one round rematch that Ali won but uh man what an upset
2: what an upset by Cassius Clay what what a, what a what a great fight! and What a win! And I, I totally forgot that, that that version of Cassius Clay is the reason now because he's he's well he's been been credited with this for the whole shock the world cliche that every fighter uses when they have no shot of winning these fights. I forgot that he was the guy that started all of that. Well, oh,
0: and and so <laughs> many of the crusty old guy white media just had no use for Clay running his mouth. And again, we we were in a in, in a time. Uh, much more horrible than even the horrible time we're in now with racism, yeah. where there was so much anti um, anything having to do with a black athlete, a black entertainer. That's what the one night in Miami is all about Stop. with the, the with the documentary. The but there were so many of the sports writers knocking Clay for being a loud mouth for for selling the fight and making all these bragging predictions. He was pointing at them. He was pointing at everybody saying, I shook up the world. Oh, I girl. shook up the world. He, he shut a lot of people up with that win and then won a whole bunch of fights after that that. as well, (laughs) Ali. There's no doubt. Uh, Great stuff. So again, check it out, bigfightweekend.com as we look back on Cassius Clay upsetting Sonny Liston 57 years ago this weekend. All right, Marquise, plug away one more time for everything on the site and what we have going for this weekend for all the fight cards, including Canelo in the biggest of the fights.
2: Absolutely, TJ. Uh, check out the website, guys, bigfightweekend.com for all your things boxing news over the weekend. Keep an eye on all the fights going on. If anything crazy happens, maybe Canelo gets upset. If that happens, we're doing a, a podcast right afterwards, but more than likely, not likely <laughs> happening. But in, in the event something crazy does happen, bigfightweekend.com is the place you need to be at to check it out. All right.
0: A bigger opportunity that the aliens will land in Marquise's backyard Sunday night or Saturday night, or Canelo loses to Avni Yildirim, which would be on the odds. I'm going with the aliens landing in your backyard. I'm going with the aliens.
2: I'm going with the aliens now. Leave the the, the porch light on the back out for them because it's Uh, yes,
0: turn it on. That might be more likely to happen. And Canelo, you think wins quickly just one more time. You don't think this takes
2: long Saturday night in Miami? Not at all, TJ. They mentioned the under being four and a half. Uh, Go ahead and pound that. Pound
0: the under, he says. On that note, Marquise, thank you. Great stuff as always. Keep knocking them dead with everything with the site. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot, TJ. There is Marquise John, senior writer, bigfightweekend.com. Follow him at Week Sauce Radio. Love the Twitter handle. Follow us at Big Fight Weekend. Many thanks to Winky Wright, real Winky Wright on Twitter, the Hall of Famer, the former uh, junior middleweight, undisputed junior middleweight, former world middleweight champion in the Boxing Hall of Fame. He was breaking down Canelo and this fight Saturday night with us and reminiscing with us. Love me some wink from in the Tampa Bay area, St. Pete, Florida for now we are done enjoy all the fights this weekend subscribe to this podcast apple podcast spotify google podcast thanks for finding us as well social media links sportsgamblingpodcast.com if it happens in boxing we're all over it i am tj reeves from a man marquise johns we're done on the big fight weekend podcast bye